Oh, and I just sat like, because you know that there's that that moment after you've shot, and you know the shot was good, and you got to sit and soak it up because once you get that animal in your hands, it's over, it's done. There's no more. Whether it be in the New South Wales Ranges, Riverside in the Northern Territory, or above treeline in New Zealand or Colorado, or in the tundra of Alaska, hunting camp is where the best stories are shared. Join me as I bring some of these stories to you, along with tips and techniques from some of the known and not so well known hunters of Australia and around the world. Welcome to Hunting Camp Down Under. Alright, doing what people love, drinking and eating while you're on the <laughs> terrible thing, but that's what happened. So what happens when you spend all day in the mountains, in the freezing, <laughs> sleety rain, like below 10 degrees, howling winds. You do ask yourself what we'll do. We were bushwalking. That's plenty of that. Crazy, crazy bushwalking <laughs> for like 15Ks or whatever it was. We didn't need any real steep stuff. No. We avoided it. <laughs> okay. Where are those goats? Yeah, no. Nah, they're up there. Yeah, they can stay there. They're <laughs> safe. <laughs> that won't I'm not a good predator today. No, it was, they were going to have to be in front of us, I think. We couldn't see more than friggin' 80 yards. No, oh, and right on the top of that, when we were right around above the, that other basin, right where all those three ridges meet, we couldn't see more than eight. <laughs> eight yards. It was bad. And windy. But better than being... Somewhere else. Well, that's your fun. Stuck at home. Yeah, it's yeah, better than the couch, that's for sure. Well, this couch is pretty good right now. I'm liking it. <laughs> it's a bit comfier than that. Uh, my feet aren't wet, which is good. My butt's dry. Wet patch. My legs are wet <laughs> and muddy. Well, g'day, everyone. Uh, welcome to Hunting Camp Down Under. We're sitting in the bone room of Toby Hines again. How did you get back on here? I don't know. You were desperate. <laughs> Uh, we uh, come over for a hunt trying to uh, chase a couple of mountain boars and we thought, um, yeah, sleep over for a day and, well, I come over last night actually and uh, weather was so, kind of kind, it was it was a good day, it was finally getting some moisture in the hills over here so that's good to see but it's very patchy and then, uh, but the fog rolled in yeah. early this morning so that sort of made things a little bit more difficult but we're sitting in a room, or well, in Toby's shed and I've got to say, I've never seen so much bone in one room. Anyway, it's uh, fallow galore, a few red casts, plenty of hooks up on top there. Yeah, there's yeah. plenty, plenty of years, a lot of years. <laughs> that, yeah, the saying to you, that red there is 17 years old. Like yeah. that, that's that's how long that one's been around. So you get a bit of, you pick up a bit of junk on your walk through the bush <laughs> there's a couple of good ones here too well guys we're uh yeah toby's jumped back on we're um obviously going to catch back up and following the very very popular episode back in uh march at the wild deer expo talking about fallow everyone seemed to love that topic so we thought we'd uh do a bit of a rut recap and see what worked and what didn't work and a bit of a recap on what we did today and we'll probably run into uh you know what we can sort of do over the next couple of months i've been getting a lot of a lot of questions just with the guys that are really just starting out and bow hunting all together um you know just where to start and what to look for and we'll probably take for a little bit of um 
take it for granted that we've sort of all been it for years now and we sort of just know what we're going to do when it comes to this time of year. But So we thought we'd break it down a little bit, so we won't bore anyone that... Uh, Unless you're easy to bore. Yeah, well, we'll try, try our best anyway. We'll have the other slurp of, slurp of coffee because we haven't had any today and we don't want to we, fall asleep. We literally so. just got back. Yeah, <laughs> We've literally walked in the shed, taken our boots off and put the put the mics on. So Anyway, mate, so how are you? Good. Go Excuse on. me. <laughs> Straight into it and a burp. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm pretty good. I had a, a, um, unlike most people, I was fortunate enough to have a good rut. You did have a good rut. Yeah, that, that yeah, helped, assisted by the dry. I think pushing him into yeah. pushing him into my country. Well, it's probably pretty cool today because we obviously we uh, we hunted the area where you shot your buck. I pretty much walked through yep. where he died. So <laughs> it was um, you know it was good to be able to put. You know, obviously heard the story and you rang me and sent me a photo and I abused you because I was at work. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was good to sort of be able to put you know what you into context. Yeah, that's what I was looking for. Um, in sort of you know having to be able to look at what you had to deal with I suppose is probably a better way to put it you know steep country boundary fences all those kind of things it was um, yeah the fences they get in the way <laughs> the imaginary force field that protect deer yeah it's one of them things isn't it but, um, but anyway mate step us back through step us back through the rut mate uh, how things start off for you and uh, yeah it was pretty pretty steady but I think that I was fortunate enough that the blocker hunt on has got no stock it's it's owned um, and, and and a couple of blocks around it owned by fellows who enjoy hunting and being outdoors. So there's no, yeah, no stock to flog it out. So literally it's the only place that wasn't fully brown. So when the start of the, well, I was going out there regularly every few days just checking on progress and walking that ridge we walked where you saw all the old scrapes and the trees that have, even as recently as last week, have been <laughs> yeah. still smashed up know, by the young fellas, and um, they they weren't active. Like, what normally by March, there's there's deer up there, and they're they're ripping branches off the dogwood, and the reds have come through and hitting up the saplings and stripping them. But there was just nothing until until one day I went up there and I went in the dark, walked up that ridge we originally we went up and um come onto the track and bang there's a a deer on the track with me a spiker and then another deer another buck and i knew there's a few does there and they're being dumb they're being dumb they just run past me no <laughs> idea like well the spiker walked past until they cut my wind slightly and then he just trotted yeah and in, into the darkness so and then a few more deer after that like that day i saw a few more and it's like they pretty much arrived overnight and there was no smell or anything. And normally, yeah, normally they're there a couple of weeks before the rut really kicks in. So, so it was very late. So I booked, yeah, I thought, I had that theory of women we spoke about them feeding till, till the end of the last 11th hour type thing. And then yeah. they know how far they've got to go. They all know how long it takes to get where they're going. And they, um, my jacket's rubbing. Can you hear that in the no, mic? Is it all good? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and they all know how far they've got to go. So they, they, um, I was just waiting for the mature bucks, but from all reports, they never showed up on lots of people's bucks, <laughs> yeah. like blocks. Yeah. Yeah, that, yeah, where we drove past today, um, some of your mates, yeah, they're hard pressed to find any mature animals, whether or not they're there or they're just, um, lacking in antler growth because of the, the winter that was really hard and we're going to get another one. Um, but people just did not see 
big animals. Yeah, so. we're kind of reflected today, even like, you know, you were walking around sort of areas today that you'd, you know, that you sort of expect to see a boar or, or at least a family mob of pigs and that drives just really sort of, you know, yeah. it's only just starting to get some green pick now. It was, uh, you know, once you dropped out of the fog line, and down lower, there was very little moisture, but, you know, luckily getting up on top, there was a little bit of stuff coming through, and, you know, what we did see was pretty active, but, um, you know, it must they must have been doing it pretty tough. Oh, yeah, and you saw there's, I had a few photos there, I shot, I shot that, that big, um, when I end up getting on, went on that, he was in March, that big buck, he was not, I didn't expect him to be rutting. I expected him still to be scraping and moving around, but he wasn't coming to my area to rut. He was going further, and I was lucky enough that I caught him on a bench that held green pick, um, which was the reason he was there, yeah. fueling up and well, getting fat. When you first caught him there, he was just having a good old chew, and he didn't move, did he? Because you yeah, had to drop I, out. I, yeah, I showed you that video. Yeah. yeah, I sat there and videoed him, and he was not... His body language was... As though he's not going anywhere. Like when there's them, they're moving. They'll be head down. They'll pick a bit and they move a bit more. And he's just standing in the one spot and then Got walking you. back in circles and sniffing trees. And that was the only ruddy behaviour was a sniffing where the other bucks had rubbed their face on trees. And but he wasn't doing it himself. He's yeah. just cruising around eating. There was another buck. There was other bucks around him. What were they sort of? Were they sort of showing more ruts on? Oh yeah, there was a couple. I got a. The what brought me down there was a. Um, to that little spot. I knew there was green pick there, but there was another younger buck rutting. Um, not rutting. He wasn't rutting yet. He was croaking, trying to get the girls, but they, had, no, they didn't care at all. They're just trying to eat, <laughs> yeah. and he's walking around and pushing him around. Typical young fella. Yeah. He's just sniffing, like getting his uh, Jacob's organ, or there's a... I can't even pronounce the proper word. I can write it on a computer. <laughs> but the organ in the roof of their mouth, that they pick up the estrus dough um, hormones with... He, you can see him... He, He's walking around behind every doe trying on that bench, sniffing them, trying to get it in, lifting his top lip, like yep. sensing, um, activating that gland, which is just um, instinct for him to practice. Yeah. It's just a little young buck practicing. So they were going, those two and three-year-olds were croaking and late, like a few days later. So it was in late March, yeah? Yeah, this is late, late March, yeah. Yep. Like that's, I think I got him... 29th or 30 I can't even remember the date I've got it written down but yeah late late yep. if it wasn't the 1st of April it was real late March but getting real close but um to that but not quite on that that daylight length when when they're um all the does are supposed to not all of them at once but they're yep. supposed to begin the cycle um activate the, the process so yeah the younger guys were going this guy was just like nothing casual so and I'd, well, if most of you follow me on Instagram <laughs> would know the story, I'd put the release aid in the front seat of the car <laughs> and then the wife would thrown in the back of the car, so into the kid's seat because she put some stuff on the front seat. Um, and I didn't have it, so I'd just, I'm going, I'll just take photos. I don't mind taking the odd photo. So I'd videoed and took photos of this big buck and then backed out of there and then had a missed call and it was, it was the wife wanting to know something anyway so i rang her and she's like oh yeah i know where the release aid is it's here and i'm like crap <laughs> so right where i need it <laughs> yeah so i just dumped all my gear i'd left the bow down hanging in a tree when i figured out i had no release aid so it's like i just put in a tree just can't bother carrying it for like mm. the whole day you know what it's like an extra couple of kilos in there 
Steve Pills, I just get rid of it. Yeah, like the cameras, you don't pick, get out of the bag. Yeah, the cameras, we carried <laughs> five kilos cameras today that didn't move. And, um, yeah, so I ran back to the, like, just got a big mouthful of water, ran back to the car and the thing, and I ended up being back at that buck uh, about an hour and a half later. And, yeah, well, this is, was, was playing all that, the thermals, and, like, that morning he was on a patches of sunlight across there, like, when the photos... Um, come out in the in the deer mag there, and I'll post them after the mag's released. The, you can see the patches of sunlight were creating the hot air that was rising up. So I had I knew the thermals were good there, but they also swell big time. They they will chop and change on that that bench where they could be coming. Like today, one minute oh, that, it's that blowing wind, in our face. That didn't swell at all. <laughs> it, was, it, it, was it tumbled. It <laughs> was in our face, and oh, if we turned around 180 it degrees, it was still in our face. So. <laughs> I know that that area is one of those basins where we hit them quiet spots. I know that is no crosswinds. Yeah. It's a like very rare chance I get a crosswind. I'll get a, an up and down wind. So I, well, up and down wind, there'll be a thermal. And if you get a southerly or something change come through, it will affect the thermals and yeah. they'll turn around. So I know that that could blow with the stalk. So I'm like, and you saw that I was talking about in the last talk, all those dogwood like patches at that yep. that that level which we walked around all today where the scrape levels were yeah. and so i used the dogwood came down around the side circled around and came in from the side shiny um, bush for anyone that doesn't know what we're talking about yeah that's uh, just i know there's a scientific name for it it's a little oh, white flower that. and all over the mountains around <laughs> yeah. here um nasty stuff if you're trying to move through it quietly it's horrible so yeah i knew that extends out to where i thought he was and it was like the perfect situation. It just, everything played out. So I ended up just coming out of the dogwood into a few stands of just the random shrub dogwood like that is isolated patches and then a few gum trees. And I came straight out and the sun was shining on a tine yep. on his antler, on his speller that was coming off the back <laughs> of his palm. And that's all I saw, like four or five inches antler with a shine on it. Yep. And I know that, like, as you can see, I do know what that colour brown looks like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, I love that colour brown. So I'm like, yeah, that that's him. And I just my heart was racing before I even could the, register that that's an antler. My brain just clicked straight away and go, that is him straight away, dead, like there's no one else there. And so I, um, yeah, I just like got into stalk mode when you freak out and <laughs> start start uh criticizing yourself so much so dumped my pack and everything took the shoes off um and stepped on every stick and prickle and everything all the way and everything stuck to my socks and, and you stuff think, you think it's 10 times louder when you're on yeah. stalk too yeah and in full view too from him because i don't like to stalk behind trees um i prefer to just be a little bit out of a tree so you're not doing the head pop yep and so you're still in full view you got one eye on them pretty much and you don't have to do a full head or body pop when you when you want to see where they are so yep. like half and half and then they can't distinguish you from the tree well that's, that's what i do anyway um so yeah i got down there and a bloody noisy miner popped up <laughs> like a little bastard and he's perked up and he's i'm about 50 away i suppose and he's panning or 40 away and he's panning through just I don't even think he had his depth of field on. He was just looking to see if anything was moving for this 90 mile because he just looked straight over the top of me. And um, I was like awkwardly, you know, when you're crouching and walking and yeah. I was stuck between 
the taking <laughs> foot off weight off one foot and onto the other and so my back ankle was like at a real awkward angle so I dropped the bow down I'm trying to lean on my bow and lift my back leg but I'm already at fully compressed so I couldn't lift my foot off the ground and it's starting to cramp and it's like oh, you can do it <laughs> you can do it and it fell for ages and he, I reckon he closed his eyes straight away but he when that noisy moment went off he shifted and was facing me and I'm like I had, I had nothing at the end I was my foot's cramping my leg's cramping uh, I'm getting sore in the lower back because I'm twisted and I'm like I'm just gonna move this is it if he goes he goes so I I moved and he was back asleep didn't even didn't even flinch nothing an ear flicker and when he turned back around his actually his face was in the like full in the sunlight before he was curled and his antler was leaning on his on his body as they curl right up so he was just doing the the normal sit he wasn't fully curled up the second time so I once I knew that and I'd started moving a little bit more and more and just watching his ears like see him move he didn't move so I made it down to the um I think I ranged again at some point, dumped my range finder and binos because it's just, I didn't want anything. When I, I'd, For a point, I actually crawled on my belly and it's real annoying with a bino harness crawling on your belly, So let alone having to move the bow every time you crawl. So, And I'm getting to the last tree and um, we're not to it, so, such beside it. But um, yeah, and then waiting, just sat there, I kneeled, trying to get comfortable kneeled and set on my foot and then I ended up finding a good spot, moved a few sticks and I was proper kneeling, um, leaning on my bow a little bit and then waited and I think it was like 25 minutes. I'd really got no concept of time in those situations. I know, I know when I started and when I finished and he stood up and I drew back and I'm about to rush a shot and like wave, waved the pin I'm like, and I just stopped myself. I was freaking out. I'm like, don't don't mess this up because you've been in situations we've all been in situations where we swing a pin across and just hammer it i'm shocking with pigs like i'm just like let's just get it done and i'm like no nah, this is it this is when you stop so i stopped myself from punching the trigger which would have cost me a guarantee because he was quartering on it would have cost 100 percent. he would have heard it um i would have pulled the shot when i punched the trigger and i'm like calm down and everything just went i just breathed in held my breath and then relaxed and went again and just calmed right down I got no idea what happened but everything went real slow and he swung his head behind the tree he was sitting under and I just squeezed back because then once his head went behind that tree we're quartering on shots not a good idea um as a lot of people have lost deer to him but he had weight on one leg more than the other he was yeah, opened, opened up, up and when his head went behind that tree that's He's yeah. not hearing that shot. Which is, is that if for anyone that's, uh, you can imagine when we say opened up, if you were to hit him quartering away, you're just more or less doing the opposite angle. You're coming in the, the exit. So, so yeah. You he, can, it's, it's lethal if you've got the right situation. And why we don't do quartering on shots and they're not recommended, I'd practiced for this rut. I, I really can't shoot that well. Um, but for this rut, I was practicing. I had to cube out at 50 metres at home. Um, and punching the cube all the time. So I was really confident with my sight picture, release, everything. I was I was super confident. And um, when he, yeah, he, so he took one foot forward. So instead of having both his legs pointed at the ground, like you've got your arms forward and it compresses your chest, brings all the bones in. So if he's quartering on slightly, he's got that front leg that's closest to me, actually his shoulders roll back. 
so that allows expo opens up the brisket a bit more and if you, I waited for that head behind the tree because they'll hear the string go off and they'll jump the string and then generally drop and I find they drop to one side slightly and if they hear the string I don't know whether they see the arrow or not but um probably probably get that the same reason we blink when something's going to hit us in the eye and um and the front on shots they'll do that and just roll to one side and your arrow will hit that soft brisket or your shoulder blade it'll penetrate or it'll just bounce off you get the wrong angle so I was pretty conscious of that and everything just worked and I punched like perfect heart shot yeah just because he put his head behind that tree so and literally he just he lurched at that and then not even half trotted walked not even 10 meters like 10 of his paces and then arched up backwards and rolled over and it was done flat line and that was it and I was just like I'm trying to text people and I'm shaking and all they're getting is just a scramble of words I'm like stop and then I half text someone I think Pat because he was hunting a, another ridge over from me um and I half texted him and he just I don't know if I rang him or he rang me like straight away because I said I've seen this cracking bark like so Oh, and I just sat like, because you know that, there's that, that moment after you've shot and you know the shot was good and you've got to sit and soak it up because once you get that animal in your hands, it's over, it's done. There's no more. Like, that's the end of it. So at that point, I just was like, I'm just going to sit back. So I, I, it's probably 10 minutes before I went down to that, that deer and I really just sat there. And then normally I'm like, oh yeah, take some photos. I'm like, I don't even care. I was like, I just pulled off the best shot of my life. Like, I think it's great, massive buck, but the, the discipline, self-control, because I'm horrible at it. Like, for years, the, I'm like, it's like I've unlocked the next level of bow hunting with that shot, because it's just, it was cool. And then I went on after that to have a shitload more good shots. So. <laughs> you did, you did. I had a good run. Found some culls the first time. I found a couple of culls. One wasn't, one was broken, but I didn't, I couldn't tell that when he come through and I'm like, there's plenty around. So, cracked you in. Said, you said you obviously, you know, from that shot that you, you know, you, you've reached a new level. What, you know, what, what struggles did you have, you know, previously? You know, so I, I guess some people call it target padding and all this kind of stuff. Doesn't matter. But sometimes it just it's just one of them things that yeah. just takes a while to things come together. You know, what what held you back before? Oh, it was it was target panic, but I used to say I know like I said in the podcast before, I know I've got it. So I don't call it panicking. It's more of it is target panic. It's it my subconscious would do it every time. Target I'd, panic's got a many, many different Yeah, forms. I'm on wobble central. My like I still do it now. But in the moment like that whole rut in the moment i just made it happen i was like on was fire i was having a winning streak yeah. yeah and so i still i wasn't getting the correct sight picture or i wouldn't hold it i still wobble i'm a shocker for wobbling so and I, that's why I, I bought the recurve down at the wild deer x i ordered it off south cox before that because i'm sick of the i'm sick of all that reliance and i don't need to kill anything like i don't need to kill the stuff rather that I'm trying to force myself back to basics. The trigger plays with my mind. The sight, the pin, that's my biggest battle, is the pin, battling the pin. Like holding it on, they get that lock off that people get. And um, that's really common, locking off the dot. It's like, interesting because I, I don't hold on. You just let it 
Because that's what they say. If you I let it wobble it over, it'll happen. Yeah. So anyone doesn't know what I'm think, talking about. So when I've got a pin, you, you're trying to hit a particular spot. Like, it's always good to have a focal point. But my focal point is the focus of that spot, not actual pin. The pin sort of blurs in the within the picture. I don't try and hold straight on because as soon as I try and stay hold on, I can never move the pin. Yeah, you're fighting. Yeah, yeah, it's an invisible yeah. force. Yeah, so it's sort of that. That a, that was my sight picture. Like that realization of the sight picture is get that picture right, and then the pin is in the center of your sight picture, and it doesn't matter. And especially when well, you got a single pin, and I don't shoot anything over thirty meters. This is exactly <laughs> so, the reason I shoot a single pin. Yeah, because I because when I've got four or whatever, you it just put them all on it. <laughs> it's, it I'm dead I've wrong. done like it. I, yeah, and it's like oh, yep, they're all on there. Bang. Freak out. Yeah, and and like it's been many years since I've shot mobile pin, but that's the I just like that one pin. That's what I need. I have that that goes through the middle of the focal point, and. Uh, Hopefully everything else works. Yeah, well, that, that's a lot. I, people will tell you if you ask them, they'll tell you. But people don't openly admit that to you. But in a, an extreme, like last year, I had this buck come in at, at five yards steep above me, the one we're talking about, and it was all pins. There, I don't know, just, just bang, just hit it. And at that point, there'd be about three mil between each pin yeah, yeah. impact zone because the arrow was going in the one spot anyway, <laughs> yeah, at five yeah, meters. Yeah. So. And um, it went straight through him, yeah. But, um, yeah, massive. It's, it's so common, and, and I know a lot of people don't think it is. Like, I'm a bad shot because of that. Some days I'll just I'll put... I just don't get grips like people do. I can at 10 metres, but <laughs> that's easy. But, but I, I don't I'll need be, to. I'd, I'll be honest, I don't group. Like, you know, there's guys and I can name names that, you know, 50, 60 yards. <laughs> stupid, you know, they just, stupid. Yeah, just ridiculous. But that's what they do. Um Exactly, oh. but my thing is, like, I only need to do it once. So if I yeah. can pick up the arrow, shoot it, and go whack where I want to hit it, I'm good with that. And look, I, you know, I don't. Shoot I'm not shooting or anything like we're that. We're not hard shooting rabbits. The biggest, yeah, <laughs> That's well, it. The biggest thing is, you know, we don't get a three second or third or fourth shot. No. Like the first shot, and that's why I always just, I don't practice anywhere near enough. But I just grab an arrow, I walk out, I shoot while the kids are generally playing or something. I just like shoot an arrow, I'm like, yeah, that was right, and then. The bow just goes back and gets sit back uh, down, and then I'll go back out and a few hours later and pick up the bow. Yeah, I, I don't, I can't I, do that I, consistent. I put it down if I hit the dot. I put it down like now. I'm using the recurve. I'm, I'm shooting that curve every day. I'm home. Well, the curve's probably a little bit because curve. You have to keep your eye in. Well, you get an eye in, but I think it's more of a flow kind of oh, like so, you're, you're trying so, to feel. Like, yeah, you got You've got a certain feel like. I'd, I'd like to know what all that, that certain feel is because it'll make me shoot a whole lot better. looking for. <laughs> hey, you didn't shoot too bad today. Oh, yeah, I smacked everything today. Yeah, yeah every dot yeah. on every tree. We, they were great, Lock. They were great. <laughs> great tree shooting, stump shooting. But I'll hit the dot out here at 30 metres in the first shot. And the second shot, I'll just hit the dirt. Yeah. And it's like, but you only need the first shot. But I'm a, I'm a hunter, not an archer. That's the difference. So I, 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 I use my hunting ability to um, outweigh my inability in the archery world. Don't worry, there's a few people who can't go the other way. <laughs> yeah. They're grotty good archers, but they Oh, there's guys that can, can't yeah. hunt. You know, and oh, I mean, I shouldn't say they can't hunt. They When it gets to target, like to the animal, like they struggle to yeah. to put one yep. where they need to. Yeah, it took me a while to say I... Not, it didn't actually take me a while. I'm not really phased by it, but yeah, I miss. That was it. It was nothing to blame. I've had to blame really really super sharp board heads a couple of times like after the boys on your last podcast that's what i've had i've had i've shot a few boars and lost them to closed up wounds i just can't find them they're totally. dead but it's just zipped through them um 
and lost a few, but yeah, most of the time I'm like, yeah, I come home to Dana like you were talking to her then, and she's like, oh, I thought he'd miss it because that's why I come home. Had <laughs> you go, yeah, I missed like four pigs. <laughs> it's like, oh, it cracked me up. It was funny. I got two or three, but I missed the rest. <laughs> hit a tree. I've hit a lot of trees. Well, jumping back to that fellow, I uh, I had it in my hands. It is, it's you know, it's one of them trophies of lifetime. You know, as far as a fellow hunter goes, and it'll take some beating. But you didn't finish there. You sort of you put the compound down and you. Yeah, I, and uh, he grabbed the curve, and well, that was back out again. To do with the, I spent after doing the talk, it was sort of like you know, spend this rut. Like that big fella was not even rut mode; it was just bang. And he actually took a whole lot of pressure off because a lot of things that I've theories in my head, I was like, I can't top that. So now I'm just going to enjoy <laughs> hunting and yeah. and try different things. So, like one of my highlights of this rut was before I put the recurve down. Uh, had the recurve. Actually, I ran out of arrows on the recurve because I only had like four <laughs> aluminium arrows that came with it. It's the only recurve shooter I've seen that carries four, three or four arrows in, like, in, in his quiver. And it was like, I had these four aluminium that were shooting good, so um, I'd shot the first one with it. But anyway, I was sitting and the highlight was this 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 stumpy, like big palm buck here. And it was one of the learning. I'd heard him fighting on the pad. And... um. This isn't the recurve, this is with the compound, but it's just a cool story. Cool story, bro. It's got dragons. I like that. (laughs) (laughs) And um, heard him fighting from where I was. I'm like, I knew there was another big buck. Like, that was the only thing. I did hunt him a few days. Is the big fella? Uh, No, no. He was over the ridge from him. Yep. And he's been there before. Like, the other boys that hunt near me have seen him um, and hunt the same place have seen him last year. Um. So he was curly, right over the top, massive frame, mental. He's like, I'd say, um, I had no idea, I didn't get to see. It was misty, and he's, I'd chased him three times, I found him. But yeah, I was going up thinking it was him that was fighting, but he never fought. He didn't need to fight. He was the guy. He was top dog. He was top, and he had old does, like when I got there, and they would lead him around. But I've gone to this pad hoping he'd come up. They'd fight, had gone on beforehand. I'm like, great, I'll get in there, and I'll just rattle to say hey there's another fight on because these boys are on there and then literally it's it's like this buck here and he comes charging up straight up and i'm on a muddy pad and i'm sitting against a tree and a spiker had watched me come there and watched me rattle and come over inquisitively (laughs) and he's just croaking i watched him come up i'm like i'm not sure oh geez he's got big palms in his frame he's heavy and um I don't know if he's a shooter or not, but I was just in the moment. He was cool. He's like eight meters just croaking at me because he's croaking at this spiker. Yeah, going off his head. Full view, everything. Pizzle going, just pissing everywhere. And, and then there's another little satellite one came on, but that was his pad. That big guy was in the area too, but he didn't need to show off. He just had the girls coming, so this guy. And I ended up cracking him at like eight or seven yards, like full front on, smack, bang. Um, and he... Did the death run downhill in the gully and got him, but um, he was one of the last ones to put up. That was a cool moment. Eh? I was just like, test. I've, I've said to blokes, don't sit on the scrape when you rattle. And that's why, because I picked the moments that I, I had the half draw on him and nearly did bounce back, and I half drew sideways and then twisted the bow when he did another croak and swung his head because they like they croak and swing. And he's doing circles, and I had to wait and wait and wait and twist and then sit up and then sit up. And like, there's about five movements. Meanwhile, Spike is watching you. Spike's just like. right behind me. That's the only thing that saved me, I think. Yeah. He was, yeah, a he was po- probably looking at Spike. There's a point of focus. So, um, 
and cracked him. But that was a cool moment. But yeah, the recurve, I, I was like, I got the big buck, so, um, and then I got some arrows sorted, and I, sh- I was shooting pretty good, so I was pretty confident at 10 meters. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I got to do this. I got to get a buck at 10. What's wrong with 10 meters? So right before that, um. Yeah, I had one come in. I talked to you about rattle him yep. in, and he came in late. I'd packed everything up. <laughs> it's like a millionth time I've done it. Standing up, and then he comes waltzing in. So lucky you probably had the curve. Yeah, I'd, no, I would have let him walk at the compound oh. ten times over. Yeah. Anyway, he I missed. I like shot above him and hit a stick, and it didn't even worry him. And he's like, so he's he's looked up to where it came from, and because the curve's fairly quiet. Um, like you wouldn't even remember me shooting it today to hear it. No, nah, it's just nah, not at all. And he just like, what was that? And I'm fully camo, and I always picked the right spots with the right background. I'd like to think that. So he just didn't know what I was, and he's looking, he's trying to pick me out, and I'm like, ten or twelve yards from him, and he's like, got no idea. And it's not dark. It's like in tussock, in a couple of these privity stuff with vines on them where they'd had a scrape. So he um. End up circling around and come right over to me from behind. And I'm like, oh, he's broadside just looking at me. I'm like, I'll give it a go. And then just watched him matrix that. Just drop. <laughs> so bang, skipped off his shoulder blade. So it was like, and he ran off up over the ridge and then way down into wherever neighbor's place gone. So I was like, oh. Anyway, while I was doing that, I heard a buck croaking above me. And like where I was is um near the near the neighbor's place which has got I just sit there that invisible barrier and look at these bucks sometimes and um, like see the deer I want to shoot but I've, I'm happy with what I get so anyway I'm like well that fella up above me is I'm inquisitive to why he was there because yeah. no does he was at nine like he was a where we heard them goats he was on top of that mountain like yeah, that's way, a long up, way up way up and there's no feed it's not in between pasture and bedding areas and I'm thinking that guy wants girls but he's not aggressive He'd be down here fighting Jocelyn for turf. So I go up and have a look. And I went up and I thought, I climbed up this stinger nettle slip to get to him. And um, I was sitting 40 yards out and he had six does that weren't his and he wasn't trying to pin ownership on them. He's just croaking. He's just talking to them. And um, he's not doing anything. And I'm like, I got, so I, I just tapped the rattles and gave him a, a little clunk to see what he'd do. And one doe looked over at me and saw me and didn't didn't think much of it. So she didn't do much. He didn't even look. I'm like, that he's not aggressive. That's why he's up here. He's not a fighter. And he's got like, he's just a lover. He's on the end there, he's got no broken points. So and he's, he's about three, so he should be fighting. He should be an aggressive buck. So um I'm like, what am I gonna this is good, this is good, what am I gonna do here? So I was like I'll wait and see what he does with the girls. I could not stalk into him. He was just that dead ground between us. I couldn't, the wind wouldn't let me go. I had a cliff or an escarpment bit on one side of him. And then the other was the the top of the hill and the wind wouldn't let me go anywhere near him. So I was stuck there at 40. So the girls left. And I thought, righto, I'll try and doe call him. But he wasn't chasing the girls. Like he wasn't, he was just like casual buck, Mr. Casual. So just playing it cool. Day called, nothing. He's like, oh, still pissing and croaking, but yeah, nothing. So then, they well and truly were out of the picture. So I croaked a few croaks. That got his attention. I, I, I don't know why. Maybe he he 
he doesn't want to fight other bucks, but he'd be like, who's who's talking to the girls in my turf? And he just didn't run or anything, just meandered over to me, came in above me perfectly. I picked a gap between two deadfall timber at 10, 12 yards and smacked him. Yeah, I was stoked. Oh, you see that in screen post. I was like so <laughs> excited. That was the highlight because that shot was just spot on where I put it. Like that's a rare thing from the old curve. So that's a curve, fuck me. There's nothing. And I was like, that. I did on the second day. I'm like, oh, some people are gonna hate me. <laughs> it's like arsy. That's just. But I practiced and I yeah. knew the deer. So that's what it is. Put yourself in the right position. Hard work, like effort, getting in, knowing what you're doing, and I could have rattled one. I did rattle one in before that, and and I missed. So that's that's what happens. He jumped the string. I didn't miss. It was a good shot. It was a good line. He just dropped. I was just going to ask you about that, um, and I know we sort of finished up the, the season, so hopefully everyone can remember this for next year. But what um, you know, what makes you, you? You said, "Oh, I might just touch the antlers just to see what they do." What kind of strategy do you have going in there? Like, you know, do you do you crash the antlers together? Do you just give them a light hit? Like, what kind of what are you what are you looking for? And then how do you back that up with? Well, I look that first period, like the start of April, they're all their instincts are saying it's on it's on it's on it's happening but they're waiting for that first estrus kick so they're waiting for any sign of that whether or not they pick it up with their scent this is this is what i think this is not like this is this is my observation my experience so i think they're keen as they're waiting (laughs) for that first opportunity (laughs) and so the sign of a fight at that point if it's not territorial fighting, even if it's territorial fighting, they're inquisitive over who's fighting. Why are they fighting? Yeah. But if you're in their territory and they hear that rattle, they're either coming to defend the territory or they assume that there's a doe on and there's boys fighting over. Fighting over. Yeah. So it's all a win-win for that rattle. And, and they've only been doing it for, what, 15, 20, not even 20 years. Guys have been rattling. Everyone has just no, spot and stalk before that. Yeah. So but then... Guys have been rattling in the States for ages and ages. So. In the white tail, yeah. But again, I said there was a massive framed buck in there that doesn't come to the rattle. That real big, big animal doesn't come to the rattle. I would, there's no way I would rattle the one I shot. He wasn't that old, but... I think majority of the time, I think you you dominant buck and it goes for any kind of calling of any kind of probably deer species, elk and reds and all the same. You're gonna do well to call them in, like you know when they. You got to do it perfect. Mature, you've, yeah. yeah, and I mean we've had conversations yeah. today about this about the reds and about the, yeah. reds and you know what calls to use and and there is probably not too many guys that know. I certainly don't. Um, you know what to use at a certain time and yeah, because we probably haven't been studied enough yet. But the fellow, I think That's next yourself and a few others, yeah, yeah. Um, yourself and a few others are starting to work these fellow out you know, of what they're doing or trying, you know. They're prolific. We'll, we'll, That's, never, we'll never know. They're so prolific that we get the opportunity. Yeah, That's you know, why. your opportunities are so much more, you know. Um, but no, that's interesting, you know, what sort of, what you're looking for at that time and, and I guess, you you know, you probably have to just play it by scenario, I suppose. You say. Yeah, and then, so, yeah, I'll rattle, as we went over this a bit in the first, but not as, yeah, I'll rattle in that first period before the doze. So the doze cycle and the, the this is what, the scientists say and everyone else and it's nine for 99 percent of the animals will cycle from a day onward at that point um around that eighth sixth uh, 36 hours either side of the 8th april for this this area so that week before it's like tension 
Everyone's waiting off them does. Stick to break, so yeah. to speak. They're like, this is my turf. I'm right here. Don't you're not touching me. Don't come near me. Come near me. I'll smash her. Like this is my spot. This is my seat. Like yeah. And and then the girls, the, or my part in the car park, like I was saying. So they all want to. The big guys up the back, but all the other guys are fighting over who's parking where and who's got what, waiting for these girls to come up and all be um, ready to roll. So that that rattle and then when they're on I never I haven't had to try this much lots of guys doe call so once the does are on season some of them especially the old ones they just know what they want this is with females anyway women they they they'll doe call um when they smell a buckle and they see a big scrape they they might doe call to attract and say hey I'm ready and then a buck will find them so you can go near a scrape and doe call um or in the bush if you're in a pad and doe call but generally i think the rule of thumb is you'll get you still you don't get that big boy the girls know where he is like the real big boy you still get the he might be the biggest for your area but he's still not a he's not an eight-year-old buck and i never got to shoot an old buck this year i didn't like mine's not that old he's like 4.5 or 5.5 just a freak yep. so yeah just threw through well yeah um I would have loved to find an older buck, but I didn't see any. The same as everyone else. I didn't see any big, heavy old bucks. So I, don't, I don't know. They're all having a meeting somewhere. Well, that or they just that might have been a bit affected by the by the draw and that kind of stuff too. They might have showed their potential as much. Yeah, they could have been that, really Some seriously. of these younger deer maybe, you know, just had the, the go to go and get a bit better feed or whatever. Mm. And all we can all do is run theories because no <laughs> yeah. one's seen it before no, to know. No, I'll ever know. Yeah, unless you've got a deer farm, which you don't starve your deer on a deer farm to see what happens so we can't we can't and then like yeah i had a good and then i was shooting deer in early april one deer i shot see they they'd moved to my area they're just like today there's nothing there's like not few not yearlings a couple of yeah, couple of yearlings couple of those and that was it and there's no bucks that known for ages they're just not there so and i hunt another place where they all summer and during the rut they all leave so they're not there so these come in, and one, you could tell the different where they'd come from. So some had come from the northeast or wherever. They were bone. They were just bones already at the start of the rut. But I shot another one sort of towards the end of the rut, and he was fat, and he'd come from the south. So I was like, and even the south is dry, but there's patches of feed. It's like, yeah, but still... Had, yeah, how you got fat on you? Like, well, that was like where we were today. You know, as I said, we had green pick. It was wet. There was bodies of feed, not not heaps of feed. Don't get me wrong, but there was bodies of feed that we found. Yeah, driving out closer to town. Oh, it was mate, the cows are licking the rocks. Yeah, yeah. Then that's no joke. Like it's it's desert. Yeah. So this kind of kind of really worrying actually. Like down low, and the, it's still not coming. Like there's still no, nothing coming. There's, it's raining up in the hills now, but there's nothing yeah. down there. But it's still like, just misty rain. Yeah, must enough just to get moisture. makes you freezing cold. Yeah, enough to get you wet. <laughs> but um, yeah, I found that. Found that. Yeah, there's a few. I wanted to try more stuff. Just little little twists to the way we hunt. It was good after that podcast. I got a few messages off people. And I think I helped a couple of people um, with suggestions for them. They hadn't hunt follow a lot. Um, and just pointers. It doesn't mean um, they wouldn't have got the deer without me. Because in the end of the day, I'm only uh, texting on a message. They're still the ones hunting the animals on yeah. the trigger. So they, that's good to have but, another option. I know, I'd, you know, I'd, as I said, I've, and I think I've said this before. You know, I hunted to a new country, and 
it was all a little bit weird. You know, I didn't have a, a lot of animals to, to sort of pattern or any of that kind of stuff. So I think they, it was a little bit weird to, to understand why they were doing certain things. I'm like, well, there's not enough deer here to have this much size. You know, the scrapes on every little bench you could find, there were scrapes. And it's like, there's, I've pretty much can count how many deer are here. I've seen them. Yeah. But it was sort of hard to, to get your head around and what they were doing and, and how to approach it. But next year will be another story. We'll try another couple of things and, and see how we go. But um, Yeah, well, you, you see that the boys who were hunting out near Mudgee and that, and they were not seeing... Like, they hunted out there for weeks. And there's just nothing. And, like, they just got immature animals, immature animals. And they were doing tough out there too. Yeah, they were hunting, they were hunting early. Um, before the deer cycle but that's what they normally see deer anyway like me they normally see them that pre-rut activity is normally ripe on that block but it wasn't aggressive and and then and they still didn't show up the deer still didn't come so where are they but then here we got with the dry times too and i know this is definitely going to have an effect in years to come so in the states when they have a a massive winter like a couple of winters ago so two or one winters ago in the, the northwest corner um, I think it was the Northwest, they had a really cold winter and the does dropped the fawns, like they lost their babies. And the fawns from the year before that were six, eight months old or whatever, they died as well. Yep, and the older bucks. So they got a two-year hole in that growth. So this dry season now, see, we had the not, there's not going to be the reproduction rate. There's not going to be the pregnant does that we had before. And I think it's with the reds as well because there was the reds roaring out there the other week. Um, it's like end like start of May. Yeah, so yeah, there's still fallow and red, yeah, you know, grunting or yeah. Gone. So there like, has to be girls crazy. that haven't been serviced, and they know that for them to be still doing that. But in the states, they they know they they plot it because they all count numbers and units and things like that. So they know me tags and stuff, and they they'll see those holes, and I think Half we're going to see a hole in a in four years time there's going to be even less mature bucks than we would have seen this year if you know what i mean we're going to see miss out on those four or five even though like they're not mature they call them middle age mature is when they start to get heavier and older and they, their frame isn't getting any bigger their palms may not get any bigger they'll just put on more mass and things like that that's my my version of mature um but they yeah they, we will see a hole a definite hole and then so dry all the farmers are getting hammered by deer and the lifting the restrictions in this area particularly in the northwest yeah. well we've just heard reports you know of coals and that's gonna yeah happen. and gonna, but the farmers just things. been roasting them left right and center. everyone you talk to their property is getting shot and oh, they're gonna hard, yeah. you know they're they're fighting for feed of sheep and cattle and oh it's expected know, trying to so feed, trying to feed a couple yeah. hundred head of deer it's it's pretty we're hard. gonna see yeah in a few few years we're gonna see a big number drop um in this area, it's it's probably elsewhere as well. It's dry down south as well, like down the border and stuff. They're really struggling everywhere. Yeah, it's not good out west and that's struggling as well. You know, it's but you know we'll just watch it and see what happens. And there's nothing we can do about it. Can't nope. change the weather. So, but then two years ago we had the winter of a lifetime, like, and and then yeah that massive pat's real heavy curly head yeah. and a, a heap of others that don't make it on the social media got smacked yeah, yeah and they're all massive heads around. 240s yeah. 260s everything that no one publicized and it was all because that winter was um yeah, the feed huge just feed yeah and, you know they were just fat as mud you know everything was shot was just i don't even think i really lost condition over the rut <laughs> like that without that much on them but um 
but moving like obviously we're you know we're we're out chasing as I said today we're you know looking for a few balls or you know whatever we could probably find today but transitioning in and this is probably sort of starting to move into um you know for the guys that are sort of getting into the bow hunting or, or hunting in general now um once again we had a bit of a game plan today you know it was uh get up high and obviously hit some areas that you you know the ball is sort of like to bed and you know just sort of talk us through sort of once again it's probably you know following up on the fellow stuff but um just a little bit of an idea of what why you sort of looked in the areas today this is i think of someone coming into a brand new block if you can sort of oh yeah keep that yeah focus. so I've, I've got a huge amount of experience with boars but i know that block sort of thing and like i said i said oh i always find big scat here like a big boar here and they'll traffic through here so but talk us through what uh, i know you've seen them so it makes it a little bit easier but you know what what attracts you to that area and why you think yeah the then the like you were saying which only just edges these that lava I always find them in stinging nettle patches, like, and the bracken patches, and then that becomes, they just spread the stinging nettles, because they, and then you said, yeah, it's this, a specific larva that lives in the root that they plough into, so I know where the, the benches that hold the stinging nettles are, and they like that, um, they like the sunlight, because they're a bit, they, they, they don't like the cold, like yeah, they like to stay in bed. Like, I've gone up on 8 o'clock in the morning, 9 o'clock oh, in the morning, stiff. and they're still in bed. Like, yep. still bundled up. Like I was saying, that big boar, all I've seen is a big pile of straw. And I <laughs> just got nowhere to... You can't shoot at a pile of straw until they blow out. But that's what I find where the traffic... The sign, the trees. Like, how many trees did we see on that particular pad, that that freeway, um, with tusk masks in them? So... I don't. I still don't know. I think all those boars on that pad are nocturnal, um, and there used to be a wallow there, but it's gone now, which they'd use. I've got them on camera. So I'd, I'd look for the benches early morning, the ones that hit the sun first. Um, in my spot, this is how how I found them, and it's weird, but they're high. They just like the height. I've shot all my, the boars on that block, the good ones, like, and I've seen heaps. I've missed heaps. <laughs> seen heaps and the sea heaps go into the neighbor's place as everyone does they'll be on your place for about five seconds and you can't beat them to the fence and then they fall in but they're always in high um and and now especially it's so dry they're hitting that rock screes and the base of the rocks where the mo only moisture's like in the bottom of those rocks and that's where like i've shown today where i shot that last bore when I shot him, I sit on the ground. There's still pigs in tumbling rocks near me because it's the only moist. There's no in those rock screes. There's nothing else drawing the moisture out. So it's only the green pig there. Yeah. Um, and that now there's a bit of moisture in the air. The green pig's going to be more and more. But I, it, it's from what I've seen from because I've been hunting that place for nine years now. So I know that that's their traffic routes. So look for their footprints, their scat. Um, tree rubs and then people like like i've hunted with pat so he's, he's taught me a bit more about their behavior um and then today with you you're saying what you've learned with them and i'm Wardo on his podcast and he's talked a bit and um a few other things and and just little tips like that but mainly the sign if, if you don't see the sign they're not there like that last gully we went into there was nothing might as well, we'd, well, we more or less did just turn around and walk yeah, back out. Yeah, I was out, so. like kept waking myself up snoring <laughs> against that tree. <laughs> but yeah, we just packed up and left. There's no, so you see a big pile of crap. Yeah, those there's some big boars in there. And I can't, I've said to you, I've seen 
the backside of them. That's it. I can't. I still don't know. They'll, they'll just be bedded in that dogwood and you walk straight up to them and they blow out. They are hard. I mean, uh, you know, from my experience, obviously, it's something that I've focused on for most of my hunting. Um, you know, for anybody that's out there walking a new block in, and hopefully you've got some pig numbers on there. Obviously, sign's a big thing. You know, seeing diggings around sort of soft areas, green areas and those kind of things. You know, they don't all dig. So if you go into a block and, and a farmer says, oh, I've got a heap of pigs here and you're not seeing any digging, it doesn't mean they're not there. When it's real means. dry, they don't dig they anything don't really up. Dig they, at just all. they just nip all the green like cattle. Yep. yep. And I think, um, so, you know, going in, probably looking for feed, cover, and they've got to have a quiet place. They've got to be out at those boars like to get away they from the They don't like bad weather. And the, and the big lone boars, they just, like, we were in that jungle vine. I said... There's, because I've got parts of my block on this particular thing, I've got um, that dry sclerical forest, and we get in there, and they just love out under that, and it's just, you can hear them in there, you know they're in there, there's sign and you just not, you can't do anything, you can't get your bow in there. Biggest thing I could probably say, and I know we said like a lot of times they're bedded up, but if you're driving through the gate and it's, and it's daylight, you're too late. If you're going to try and chase those bigger boars, they are up. doesn't matter how crap that weather is. They are up and moved, and they they know where they're going by the time that sun's that's coming up. If you've got a quieter block that doesn't get a lot of pressure and you know, there's, you're in some high country where nobody gets to, you might be pretty lucky and, and probably have seen them, you know, the bigger fellas that, um, you know, I think on their own, I don't think you're going to see them, you know, out and about. But if there's a sow in season or we've got a, you know, that, that'll, that, that changes their habits my, completely. Most Nearly all the bigger stuff that, you know, myself and, and other buddies have shot is always when the sow's in season. And, and a giveaway is like today we could smell a boar. And I always find I can smell them or hear them squealing. Yeah. Even in that wind. Like yeah. this wind today was howling. Like it, you couldn't hear a thing. We could hardly We're going to podcast on the mountain. But we, yeah, like, we did try. That was, that was the plan today. I carried, <laughs> carried the gear around all day because I, I just need to get fitter. But, um... Yeah, it was just too windy and it was wet, but um, you know we smelt we smelt a ball, yep. you know, straight up. But I find I've I've found a lot in that <laughs> when a um a sow in that May period um that's just going, it's still extended. It's, it seems to be on like on on clockwork every year about that time. If I hit those top high ridges, which I, it's just the high ridges on my place, it'd be different because it. Now, here on that farming country, there'll be a sow rutting in the sorghum. Like, but listen for the squeals. Like, that's what you, that gives it away. You hear them squealing. It's not sucker squealing. It's pigs pounding each other, like beating each other up. So, and sometimes, uh, like I've seen them bedding up in that, and you hear that little squealing. It's like, oh, it's only a little one. But what's actually happening? They've had a scuffle. The little fella gets belted or get squashed or whatever and you know there's generally something bigger fella in yeah. there definitely check it out and also um, if you've got a family group um they'll be feeding out if there is a boar waiting for that sow to come on he'll always be off just off tag and just at the back somewhere yeah. Yeah, and he'll yeah. see you and i've had it happen around. and he'll just <laughs> slink off real quietly and it's like I'm sure there's different behaviours like as you go further south or out west they're totally different but in these mountain boars yeah those big boars that's why they get that reputation like that we went today we, we came into this narrow gully where I said I said I always get I found two deadheads one's 31 pointer like it's massive and the other one's uh, like a 26 but his tusks are solid he's that old I'm like they're in here they're in this gully there's that jungle vine there's dogwood there's escarpments I can't, it's so protected, and then, like, literally take my pack off to have something to eat, and there's this old boar, like, I thought it was a young pig, I even said it on the video, but 
and we review the video and, and you're like, no, nah, he's got a big head. Yeah, and a like, big buff head. And he looked like he'd um, like a starved pig, but yeah, he was an old pig because when we looked at the video, the tail's like hanging yeah, down, way down this yep. hairy old tail and he was in that gully and, and the sow we couldn't see busted out and he just slinked sideways, found cover and walked that gully in the cover and only showed himself two more times. And that was a perfect reason. We both said, turn around, I was like, yep, definitely, definitely an old, an old pig, pig. Because he's, he didn't he's, run. The way he walked, he didn't make any noise. He ran completely opposite the sow. Yeah. Um, yeah, straight away you could tell. Yeah, and it was yeah. just like he's he's the way he moved. Young pigs would just scatter or run. He had a set route and he picked that straight up, straight into the bracken, straight down into that dark gully. And I'm like, I oh, will cut him off. And we went to the right spot, but he was he didn't come up the game trail. I thought he would. He stayed in that bracken in the gully, and then disappeared into the vine. I was like, damn, it's a good old boar. And it was what I was going to say too, you know, because a lot of time you'll see areas and I've, I've seen guys and I've made this mistake myself, but, um, you know, you go to these areas that you always see sound suckers. You're like, oh, there's heaps of pigs here, but I can never find a boar. A lot of the time they don't want to be with other pigs because that's, nah. it creates attention. So those big old boars, they're always off in that lone little gully. If she might be coming in season, he might, as you said, they're a little tailing off or something like that. You just got to make sure you glass around other trees close gully or something like that but a lot of the time they're going to be probably in that country that's hard to get to it's probably noisy it's probably high it's probably steep that's where the big boys and you be. want a dog to find them <laughs> so a lot of the time yes unfortunately you need a bit of help that's, that's why i don't find that country it's just i just don't see them unless the sows are on that's literally why different. I don't and it depends how much pressure your property is getting yeah. and that kind of stuff as well um you know i've been asked a few times with state forests you know how does it, to be honest with you, nothing really changes. The, the animals have still got the same habits. You just need to probably get in there, find the areas that you know there's feed. Sign, once again, is the big thing. Yeah, um, lots of people hunt state forests and they go, I went there once or twice. I didn't see anything. If you walked around all the tracks, hunt it as if it's your own property. Do Constantly. That. We've been, you know, we have a good chat today. We've got a guest coming on, um, hopefully not far down the track, that does really, really out of, out of state forest and, and pretty much runs it like his own place. But... Um, our, our point of it is, you know, a lot of those areas, especially big areas, and mo- a lot of private properties are like it too. They pigs move through, they'll follow feed, but a little bit like deer, uh, or all animals, they will move if the feed's not there. So just because you don't see them this week does mean they're not going to be next week. And and get those quiet areas that maybe no one dro- can drive to, uh, might have you know the feed, the water, and the cover. Cover's a big thing for pigs. They need to be able to get away to something. Especially if you got a block that gets hassled by. Accords or side by sides yep. or spotlighting. Big time. Get yep. into the gullies that they can't drive to. Yep. Um, we use a bow for a reason. You know, get in close. So yeah. get in. You know, get in quiet. Sneak around. Uh, you uh, you can sit there all gullies. day and there's a pig in that gully and you'll never oh, yeah, see him. Knows, <laughs> it's like yeah. frustrating. I mean, I you know, and and name drop like Nick uh, Morton from the Cuts, He does a really good job. You know, he gets in that thicker stuff. Um, and we've spoken many a times about it because we hunt the same country and, you know, we were hunting it completely different. I was a lot, you know, we are doing a lot of glassing to the open country and that and he, he pretty much jumps in into the thicker stuff and he just takes his time, just walks through. He's learnt where the areas are, just hitting the same spot all the time. As the he's, times of you know, day, he's patting yeah, the animals. He's patting him and he's, he's just worked out, okay, well, if I get to, because I know that big ball is going to be there that time and I... For anybody who watches his Instagram story the other day, that spotty boar that he's been fighting, yeah, he's uh, he's uh, he said that when he, I think he sent me a message after the second time he saw it, we're talking, and he's like, I got this big boar, and it just, yeah, and he it's still going, he knows yeah. the time, but they're smart, yeah, like, and he goes out there like 
Um, I don't know if he said it, but he goes regularly to his block and hunts pigs. Like, he earns those pigs because he goes there all the time. It's not It's not just going out once and shooting heaps of boars. You, you got to, you, yeah, he knows the... He oh, that is okay. Patterns. And it's known the block. That's, and none of the property, the know where they're going to be, the time of the day. And then all it is is the wind. That can yeah. ruin it, which <laughs> does most wind. of the time. So. Yeah, that. I mean, the biggest thing with pigs, everyone knows what their nose is like. So, But, yep, yeah, going back to, to anybody that's just starting, um, you've got plenty of options on a new property. You Obviously, if you're chasing pigs, um, we've covered the deer. But if you're chasing the pigs, I think the biggest thing is look for an area that no one wants to go to. That's probably a good place to start. Look for sign. If you're not seeing any sign, probably try and get an advantage point and and just sit and glass from try daylight. Find yeah, from daylight, from very very first glimpses of daylight. You need to be there with binos and you need to work out your country. Find out where you're regularly seeing game, and then from there, if you're not having any luck and there's foxes on there, go and whistle foxes because they're fun. Yeah, so. I've, I've shot. <laughs> don't give up on the block. I haven't. I don't. I haven't whistled many foxes. I see plenty, and I've shot two that have decided to die in logs and. I've seen guys cut them out of logs, but no, I've seen enough foxes, I'll just leave them in there. If you're in an area that you know, don't give up on your block, because it's one of them one of them ones that you know, we all know. If the know, farmer those, says he sees those... stuff all the time, it's... And then if one... He's lying. Is... No, I'm only joking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Generally, he's got one property. One property seems to always have everything. You know, they may just have something, it might be a crop or... You know, and if you're on the fringes of that, just stick with it. Just because, you know, uh, even keep, even keep getting into it. You got a fringe country on farming country. If you're in that fringe of the farming, sorry, that the pigs will be in their place all the time, but they'll bed up in that thicker scrub if you're on the next. But they're hard to find when they're bedded. But you can smell them. You can go in when they're not there, or bump them one day just to figure out where they are. Where they are. Just yeah, charge yeah. through, figure out where the pigs are, and then give them time to settle and go back with a game plan. When you charge through, check your winds, check your cover, check which angles you can go from. Like that's another, that's the knowing your property, know, know your options. Like when I took that, that big deer, spending that walk that same path countless times we walked today, I know I, every time I'm checking the wind, you saw me today, how many times I have that powder puffer out? Yeah, like good, every 10 minutes. It. <laughs> it, it changed directions every time you puffed yeah. it. Was, it was good. No, but if really you well. do that every time you hunt, you learn the wind. It becomes subconscious. So when that pig's down there or that deer or whatever, you know that, hey, that ridge, 70% of the time the wind's doing this. But where I am now, it's different. It doesn't mean because where you are, it's different. Talking on thermals last time, I had in the rut this happened to me and it just cemented it in my head. I was on a on a ridge, like not a ridge, just a bare patch on, on the side of the mountain and it had sunlight coming in and the air was getting warm and the air was rising up into thick cover, cooling as it hits the thick cover and then sinking into the gully beside me and, blow, and it blew deer out of the gully beside me that didn't even know I was there. The wind was... Going total different direction where I was, rising up, hit that cool scrub above me. It even does it where it gets it up higher. Down. It's got to move. It all moves. It all goes round and round in wherever it goes. So you, it, sometimes you can't plan for that. You got no idea. But yeah, and it and it and I've had that happen before. You'll be you'll puff, bang, it's going up, getting that gully to stalk that animal because the gully's got cover. The wind's going the other way. It's just stuff to oh, so much. It's, it's all little things to think about and the more you think about those things rather than just killing something the more it becomes second nature like i didn't even think about that puffer half the time today i'm just like yeah this is a spot where the wind changes i better 
like just subconsciously I know the wind changes here and I better check and then we're like yeah we're stuffed yeah. <laughs> we can't get anything in that I don't think we had a good wind order oh, walking on the pig sign the, there's still steam coming off the crap yeah that we come across and like I think you know not saying that but I walked across and I just looked at you and I said there'll be a pig here yeah you just once you hunted them enough you and it's just like anything like I could just it was just one of them areas I'm like this is oh, yeah, I look know. at it all the time. The same. I know. Yeah. And you said, "No, no." I'd never seen him there, but I've never yeah. seen him. Here. And then we, we get those we, fresh signs. We dropped off, and mate, there was, yeah. But was, our visibility was what visibility was poor, and the wind was poor. Wind, you know, yeah. in they could have been there when we were a hundred yards away in full side, view. But yeah, maybe fog. we shouldn't have probably dropped in because the wind was that bad. We had no, kinda, we had no choice. Help myself, we couldn't. Know. We we could just went back to the truck. That's probably the better. Yeah, we couldn't even sit above it in glass because you could see on it. You couldn't. Yeah, at one point there, we couldn't see twenty yards, but. We still got on to pigs. Yeah. We got on to heaps yeah, of deer. Like, you were ready to draw back, and we're like, no, we don't need to shoot. Yeah, we so just we let, we, we had a young, we meet one, and I mean, Toby's got one in, in the fridge, in the fridge yeah, anyway, so it was sort of like, and it was on a, it was on the block that we probably, you know. We want to let, I want to let the does, yeah. You know, so we, you know, I just, I just sort of said, mate, I don't need, need to need shoot, to shoot this, so. We got some pretty cool footage, you know. Yeah. And we, I think the young yearling come in at, I don't know, it wasn't far. It'd have to be under 30 when, yeah. but we deliberately just walked straight yeah, we, to it. <laughs> we just said, like, we had get. to go that way. I'm like, we're yeah. going to bump these deer regardless. <laughs> it didn't matter. But then I, I look at that too. I always walk at them, not in a stalking or predator mode. I just walk up to deer like that all the time. And you saw the ones this morning that were on the fence line. I'm like, when I'm like, knock an arrow, draw back. Get re-. I'm like, knock an arrow, get ready. And there was another doe and a and a yearling, well not well six months old or eight months old or whatever they are, and um, they saw us and weren't terribly over the top. She didn't smell us. She no, saw us. Not. She just saw and us. And I yeah. walked past them as much as I can. And I I don't know if it's good or bad thing. I let them see me, so they get used to me, so that when they're there with a the buck, they're like, <laughs> "Hey, yeah, that's Toby. He's here all the time." <laughs> Uh, oh, sorry, <laughs> <laughs> bang! Um, what did you do that for? <laughs> I uh, one thing I was going to say too is you know we're talking about wind and all this kind of stuff, guys. If you you know a big thing and it took me a long time to learn. Unfortunately, as bow we can't be lazy. If that wind, you will never ever beat the wind. I don't care what you try and do. So if you come in your block and you go, this is my favourite walk, and that wind is up your ass. You are going to have to walk around and come in from the top. And we're only talking about today. Like if you can come into a gully or, or a property from a higher vantage point, one, you've got glassing ability most of the time. And two, most of your animals are feeding back up. Okay, nine times out of ten, it's thicker yeah, at the top. Yeah, they're feeding, not a, feeding not up the bed up high where it's safer. Usually. Yeah. And I mean, they get sun and that kind of stuff up too. So, you know, these are just a couple of little things. If you're, if you're just starting out and you you know come into a new area and you haven't sort of done too much hunting, it, um, these are just a couple of little pointers that you can sort of give yourself a starting point well, that, of, of where to go in That block. block today with a southerly wind is perfect, except it was such an aggressive cold wind that cut that through us shut everything down. that everything moved out of that side. But if it's a... So it's a strayer if you yeah, really well, get on really, Yeah, it blew it all off the mountain into the... But we, you know, atmosphere. we walked past those fallow and then we walked to that point you said, oh, we might just have a feed here because it was a sheltered... Yeah. It was literally a sheltered gully. And straight away there was the boar feeding in there, and the sow. And three fallow. There was two that were just past it as well. There was heaps um, in there. That was the last time that sow do that too. By the way. Yeah, she, she won't. She, she won't scare us again. She won't. She's <laughs> not breathing. Yeah, sow got in trouble. But we uh, did get to release an arrow today, which was great. Yeah, it's cool. It was I got good. Right on. 
She she was pretty dumb. <laughs> she, yeah, she came back out and fed and she spooked and then came back out and then yeah, spooked. the the farmer that owns this block's not too fond of them, so we um you know we did our part our part. So, but uh, no, it was a good day. It was good to have a good one around and see what it's all about. Where you're chasing these monstrous moose fella. Yeah. <laughs> so you didn't see any of them, did you? <laughs> no, nah, they're all hiding. No, no. I told them to hide. When anyone, you reckon, anyone you else comes out, just hide. I don't think he shot it there. To be honest. <laughs> But um, yeah, there's plenty, but anyway, plenty of sign. Yeah, mate, is uh, stupid. Nah, it was good. Yeah, well, it was. Uh, I it just it shows that the variation in 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 the rut activity versus the, and it literally says when I say they show up and then they leave, you're like, there's no bucks. Now, a couple of trees rubbed by spikers. Yeah. Oh, there it was too. Yeah. But I, what I think, and this goes back to your, your original podcast about talking about levels on the mountain. And we can flip this to, to hog talk as well. But all those rubs and everything, the like same they kind of went from little platter to platter, but they're all on the same height. Yeah. And like, honestly, these shiny bushes or dog bush or whatever you want to call it, destroyed, but all on the same height. And the gum trees where the pigs have just smashed them on yep. the tusk marks, cutting down them. The next, oh, the next stringy one, barks, yeah. yeah. On the stringy barks, next one down. And then the red rubs, like the old red rubs, they're all on the same. Yep. I know I've sort of maybe you could probably argue like maybe a little bit higher again but but in that they're there. all within 100 metres and like that's what I hunt top third I hunt that especially in the rut because that's where the sign is that's where the deer are going to be I guess on your country for my too, block it's not it's not relevant say, anywhere else once you dropped on the bottom two thirds it was nothing you know yeah. there's nothing down there I you know, picked up my arrow out of a tree <laughs> 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 But the country changed too, so it was very tussocky, no feed. Mm. You know, the top had all them legumey type stuff. So I think but it's once you get on the north well. side, you know, it was crop country and all that kind of stuff. So it crops really do change a lot of things. And you know, there's some other guys that can talk us about. Um, we'll have to get the woods boys on to talk us about you know shooting p- pigs in the crops because I mean that's just a whole nother ball game. Yeah, throws a huge spanner in the works as far as what pigs are going to well, do. Their, because their bob activity up there like not the ones if they hunt them down here but the ones up where they are is going to be different because they all yep. it's the same mine are resident mountain boars the same with yep. nick yeah they're, they're resident mountain boars and but then a lot of guys will have resident ridgeline boars and they're, they're not in the massive the high and they're not a thousand meters or whatever and they'll be the crop boars go in and out and they walk miles of a night time roll into the crops and then back out. That's another thing. You could own cropping country and, and you see the pig sign and you want to shoot them and you don't realise that if you get it right, you can. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. I mean, I'd jump back to the rut. You know, uh, everyone knows I didn't have a great rut, but, um, you know, it sort of we knew we went up this uh, creek and uh, they were feeding cattle and, you know, it was dry, all that, everything we've been through. And my old man said, he said, oh, you know, we, we, you'd shoot a pig off this. And my, my dad, he's, um, I don't know, he's a pig whisperer. He just knows where a pig's going to be. He's just hunted them that many times. And um, so we went up, chased a few fallow. As we come back down, we jumped in the truck. Big storm front come through, got belted. Jumped in the truck and uh, coming out, big black ball come off come off the, the cattle feed and headlights. And and um, once again, he said, he said, no, I reckon we should have a look at back of this, you know, at some point over the weekend. And... Uh, so long story short, we hunted hunted the deer the next day and come up a bit short. And um, he was he was bugger the old fella and he said, "Oh, look, I think let's just walk up this creek, you know, just an easy walk before we head home." And and uh, we went up and and 
you know, it was oh mate, it was probably 20 minutes before the end of before you know dark, and yeah, big fella come down the track, and that was that big fella, spotted fella. And the idea of this story is is it was identifying, you know, what the property was doing at the time, and it was the it was the downfall of that pig was that he was hungry and he was going to go to the easiest feed he could because there was nothing else anywhere else. Yeah, as you um, see the photos, it's a it's the typical photo of the farmer running out the sheep's grain. Yep. And half of them black. They're not yep. supposed to be black. Not, no, exactly right. <laughs> Especially so when it's all, really dry like it is. Yeah, and this comes back to someone new going in their block. Is that, you know, Go for you the feed, know, whether it's, whether it's synthetic f- or... Yep. They can't they can't help themselves if they're getting cottonseed meal or yeah. something put out, mate. Oh, there's a, there's a, a farmer up here, we're talking about the block on the way in, yeah. and they've got two ba- like little pigs that they can't kill. They eat with the cows. <laughs> They'll come like a metre from them. Yeah. And they eat the cattle feed and they're That's like, they just haven't got the heart yeah. <laughs> to knock them over. He said, you kill them with a yeah. hammer. They're, they're, not right doing, they're not doing much. <laughs> no, they're so I said, much. oh, that'd be nice and good eaters, actually, yeah. eating some cattle that'd feed. good stuff. But, uh, you know, obviously these kind of rules, oh, no, I shouldn't say that. They're, you know, as you, you said before, as you move around to the different areas and that, they, um, you know, some of these that tactics kind of change a little bit. But I think, yeah. you know, a lot of the time, you know, as you get into dry country, water's everything. Well, the boys out west all hunt the dancers. Damn, so I still haven't seen any feet. grass in any of their photos. I, I don't know what those animals eat. They just must eat the mud next to the dam. Well, that's when they come back here and shoot a mountain boar. They just can't believe the size of it. And then you can flip that and watch the boys. Grain, you know, the grain boars are massive. The grain boars, um, Owen shooting those up up in the territory. Yeah, well, those yeah. freaking things are huge. But they're on lilies and yeah. you know, they've just got it bred into them. They're just big yeah. and got food. Yeah, my, a big boar for me was that last one I shot. And he may have gone 80. May I don't know. I've never had a pig on the scales gutted to know. Um, live weight is definitely eighty kilos, but um, yeah, it's more yeah, well and truly over that. But that's that's as big as they get. Like for me well, up they, there, they're, they're burning off of stuff too. And it's hard country. Well, that, like they're not eating easy. high protein fatty foods yeah. or whatever. Like they're not on the sorghum stubble, which is great yeah. stuff. So then you want to shoot big hogs? Go find sorghum. Yeah. <laughs> And I shot, I've shot ones with a rifle. The biggest pig I ever shot with a rifle is probably only like a year old. It didn't even, like, have these tiny little nipples for tusks, but it had an inch and a half of fat. That's an like, interesting way to put it. Nipples for <laughs> tusks. Nipples for tusks. <laughs> and it, yeah, it, it, was, it was a young pig, but geez, it was fat and yeah. just massive. Yeah. It was uh, well over 100 kilos, this pig, so, like, on the, fo- on the hoof. But um, it was down in the grain and coming up into this ridgy... Um, timbered country and bedding up and that, and then run down the grain of a night run two or three k's down the grain get fat and then go back again so. well i got a block that um you know i've taken you know some of my stuff that i took a few years ago when i was hunting it more often um it's only that it's so much further than home i don't get there but um you know it's that good a country it's all you know pasture you know improved and you know the cattle are just shining and that kind of stuff and a lot of those hogs i actually outgrow their age like they're you see a massive that's what you like, think oh, and that's yeah that's that's a giant and they're just young they're yeah. just they're just big you know that that's why you depending get, on what you're chasing you get but, good hooky boars in the mountains because they're if they're big they're generally older they're they're in their middle age they're really old they're like like 50 kilos well, of skin today yeah. we would have been lucky with 30 kilos yeah today, and he I had reckon. snapped off hooks he had lip curl but lip curl. i reckon they snapped off we would have seen him otherwise is he's yeah, his big tail, sucked up nuts. Yeah, just a big box head. So the head was three quarters of his body. 
I got excited, but then I didn't. <laughs> that sour was not in the yeah. wrong place. But that, that in the wrong place. Like, yeah, talking to the big, the big boys in the mountains. If you if you shoot, yeah, you see a big boy, he's a good boy. Yeah, he's not two yeah. years old or one year old or whatever. Generally, don't have yeah. to double check him. And you'll see him too. Like you know, there, there's a lot of times we sit there and we try and make a big boy out of a mob. We go, oh no, it's a big boy. And it's like nah. when you see a big boy, he's, like, he's sitting know, like eight he's inches like, above yeah, the other pigs. That, big high shoulder yeah. he's just got a stance about him and his him. face is just that like his his lips are white his snout's white to. and yeah i never i never i used to be and i'm sure there's heaps of people out there that's a boar no nah, that's not a boar it's us pat <laughs> i was like there's a boar down there no nah, that's not a boar mate <laughs> that's a sow and you do it all the time but now i'm like i know yeah, the other ones you got to check, you know. But you'll see that kind of they they act a little different to the rest of the pigs too. Yeah, and they yeah, sit on the edge yep. or they're right up behind the sow. Well, so they're generally there for that a video of that one that I got the other yeah. day. The mob was already over yeah. the ridge, and he's, just, and he's just hanging back by himself with another little boar and wandering over, just waiting for that sow. So, and I didn't even realise. until I got over there, I'm like, hey, he he was a boar. <laughs> <laughs> he's all right. He's a goer. So. But uh, as everyone knows, I, I just love chasing hogs. They, I'll be honest, they stand a, a notch above fallow deer for me. But for um, all those reasons we just discussed about slipping away, being smart, not being just, in the mob, they're just hard to work out. Like anybody that can shoot one, you've done well. Like don't let anyone take that away from you. Um, you shoot one with a bow, it's a, it's a bloody good effort because they're hard to come down. You've either been very lucky at the right time or you've put the effort. I was lucky with mine. So take the lucky ones. The wind was right. I'll take the lucky ones. Yeah. yeah, you know these guys that are consistently doing, and there's a lot of guys that no one knows about that um, shoot them all the week long. And yep, they're shooting them all the time and and very consistently. And um, you know they they just know how to hunt them. And and, and obviously you know good country yeah. to, to chase. Well, you can have well. a, other properties like where I say show that big fat boar. Ninety percent of the time, all I see is sows and immature boars, which are still doing the job that older boars do. Or the older boars walk kilometers down when the sows are on and they just won't be there you just won't get one like come out of nowhere there's like 50 30 kilo pigs and there's nothing else so you just need that find that sow on and look in 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 these may period is pigs go all the time all year round but that may is supposed to be the the pig rut month so yeah it's interesting because i look i you know i'll be honest here may's been my biggest struggle with hogs yeah yep so i've found like when I and this comes to a lot of the other guys chasing reds and, and fallow, a lot of the boars we come across the reef and chasing a sow in March is in March, early April, especially early April. Um, oh, I've, only, I've uh, only been told that and found it though. I've found a yeah. lot. And then July July 14th is the date. That's my best weekend. Oh, that starts three years in a row. You come on cycle then. <laughs> That's my best day. I do really well. So where are we going hunting on July 14th? Yeah, the worst thing is my, my next child is due on the July 15th. So oh, he's got a day up to sleep. But no, there's something about, like we've just had really good weekends where it's gone out. I think it's because it's cold as part of the year. Most of the time they're out longer, they're out in the sun. Um, I think the cold, well, it's proven the cold definitely helps us out coming come into season and, and therefore we're, we're seeing the boars and, and we're obviously in country that, you know, we, we know they're there, we just need that helping hand. Yeah, if anyone, those big yeah, yeah, you'd be more than welcome to add your two cents to this because uh, it's like I, just with that, with that rut, that's what I've been told and, and it's correlated. Yeah. Like I've had more rut activity of sows going nuts after my deer rut so 
it'll come back to areas and stuff too and it it'll could come be back just to, to do with the area because i've been told by people in the area so it could just come back to my specific 50k radius or whatever yeah yep. so. and it'll be seasons as well it's just like the deer you know, if 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 it's dry, the, the yeah, you know, they'll have it, one sucker too. Yeah, and then, and then later on, they got big twelve time. hanging off them. And then you've got, you know, you've got sort of pig density as well. You know, that's where obviously the populations get out of control very quickly. Is you know, there there'll be you know little sows that aren't very old as all, and the the boars will be they'll serve them. Mm. You know, they they're having litters and they they you know. They're very little, um, and that's where you start getting that runting come into it because the sows are served so so early. Oh, right, and then we got a small. Pigs. Yeah, you start, and that's where they get that yep. of a hundred block that the pigs just don't get big. Like they've just got a real runt look at about them, um, and that's because there's so many of them. They're, they're, the boars are just forever, so you know, trying to make them have another little. If you want to hunt um, trophy boars too, if you if people want big boars, don't shoot them when they're little. It's the same as deer. If you want to shoot to help the farm out, you shoot a sow. Definitely check where you're at. Like each property you go to, there's there's different reasons why we're on there. They're obviously a pest. They cause a heap of troubles. Check with what the farmer wants. Make sure that if he wants you to shoot just do. pigs, shoot them. Shoot, but you're gonna and you see a mob and you shoot and you want big boars. It's the same with deer. Don't shoot an immature boar because it only takes one sows. boar to service all the sows. sows but the if you got ten sows, you got all those piglets so you take a sow out of the line you're still going to have the boars and, and in the end you end up with a lot more boars and, and they're not they're not the ones making all the piglets yeah so you're winning for the farmer and you're winning for yourself because you're breeding a trophy stock it sounds bad but that that's the most effective way if you're going to take one pig out of that mob and you and you want big boars if you just want to shoot pigs it, it doesn't matter yeah like but if you want to maintain big boars don't shoot the little boars Simple, it's, it's easy. <laughs> shoot a little sow. Shoot the old sow. Shoot, shoot the sows. Yeah. And then that, every time you see that boy, you, you might be able to pat him and watch him for two years and get bigger and bigger and bigger. And well, he'll move away from that. He'll get bumped out of that family group when she has a, a few more because they start getting behavioral issues as they get adolescent, the boys. <laughs> and um, yeah, just it's, it is common sense. And, it, and it'll work if you've got patience. It's the same with anything. It's just up to so the herd management. But if you want, if you want to shoot them, shoot them. It's no effect. But I'm just, it's a, it's a help if you want to get more boars. That that will help. Yeah, definitely. Well, we've we've definitely jumped around today. We've oh, rambled over the shop. where it's been good because I mean we're buzzing still from being out hunting. Yeah. So we're just talking. We've been talking all day, and um, this works yeah, sometimes. A lot of camp. people get. I get a lot of information out of the podcast from the overseas guys when they're just chatting. Yeah, There's all that look, little things you. You know, we didn't really have a schedule today, and I, uh, I always freehand anyway, so I never. And I said to Toby that he wasn't allowed to write anything down. So, just a uh, rut recap and rut how recap, we're going, and bit of info. But if anyone's got any questions about, especially the new guys, and um, and I appreciate all the messages that come through to both Toby and I, and and uh, I know the I've last guest, Josh, messages, Josh yeah. Rogers, is he's his Instagram account's been going ridiculous, so which is. Obviously, we've or anything you need to clarify. If we've said anything and you have more input, or it's not quite right. Yeah, if you can correct yeah. us, bloody go no, for this it. This is like, this I'm, is just guys talking. This is conversation with people. This is a the extra yeah. conversation where you listeners out there get to listen in and be the third person on a conversation about hunting. 
shoot him back and uh, you know it was just like today you know the amount of hunt we've done and, and I said about the you know there's a larvae for the pigs you, you mentioned it before and, and you're like I didn't, I didn't, didn't even know, know. No. and like so what happens you know when the when it rains there's a larvae that hatches underneath and, and people wonder why pigs start rooting you know, root up the wet. ground there's a larvae under the ground and, and I've had this proven because I know where the larvae is but you know, it looks like a mini tiny witchetty grub um, and just so happens a lot of the times where there's stinging nettles they'll eat that and then they'll eat stinging netting roots as well um, obviously it's a big health thing now is the nettle um, that obviously that's what the pigs chase is for and you'll see they'll, they'll they flip, can smell and pinpoint they'll them. flip thistles they'll flip thistles and just chew the root that's all they're doing you'll see you can, fo- you can follow a pig you can track him just watching the, the, the thistles flipped then you'll have a you and know have a turn and, and you're like crap, you know man. he's not far from here and if you know if you got that right country you can glass up ahead of you if you're good enough and uh and the wind stays true <laughs> but uh but anyway guys look we'll uh we'll finish up there and I'll, i've got a hit oh no we have dinner first don't we yeah it's in the oven it's waiting Ooh. for us yes dana toby's lovely wife has uh cooked us a feed so just she looks after you i know hey no. Oh, it, no. You've done something right. Yeah. Made sure I got one with Warney. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad we're in the shed and she doesn't hurt that way. So, anyway, guys, thanks again for uh, tuning in. And uh, yeah, we'll uh, talk to you again soon. Yeah, thanks, thanks for having me. me. This has uh, yeah, been good casual talking. Hopefully, someone gets something out of it. Oh, sure. They will. <laughs> don't let us know if they don't. We'll go again in a couple of years, months. No doubt. We'll have to do another fellow pre season. Yeah, we'll see. Well, that sounds good. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> All right, All right, guys. See you later. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Hunting Countdown the podcast. Today's episode was proudly brought to you by Hoyt Bow Hunting, Arrowhead Magazine, and Abbey Archery. That's all for me this week. All the best in the hills. I look forward to you joining me on the next episode of the Hunting Countdown Under. Bye for now.